the good news Bringing families to Jesus All around this neighborhood He tells them God is stable To make your house a home He wants to win his world for Christ But he can't do it alone But each one can reach one as we follow after Christ, we all can lead one, we can lead one to the Savior, and together we can tell the world that Jesus is the way, if we each one reach the message is unchanging Going into all the world And share the life of Jesus Far away or door to door You see, just like somebody told you that Jesus loves you so You must tell someone who will tell someone Until the whole world knows But each one can reach one As we follow after Christ We all can lead one We can to the Savior And together we can tell the world That Jesus is the way If we reach one, reach one So would you go and labor? Would you hold out your Two by two, we can win a world for Jesus Christ. Each one can reach one as we follow after Christ. We all can lead one, we can lead one to the you Nasiba, God bless you Pell, thank you for refreshing us with song, hallelujah and each song is also part of the preaching, amen, please take your seat, God bless you, thank you 
ฮาเลลูยาอีเมนอีเมนอีเมนพีซวอลลุ่มฟอร์เดอีเมนนั่นคือบิวตี้ฟูลคันวีพีซกอบักทัวร์สคริปเชอร์มัทธิว28และเบสไนท์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ยักษ์ Because it is so important, and it is the difficult part in a certain way. It's a difficult part. Before I leave the topic of going, I also want to say that going requires a lot of um, innovation. Hallelujah! Because so many things are changing, times are changing. The people who we are going to are also changing. Please, just give me a moment. Hallelujah, Amen. Amen. We thank God for the opportunities that He's creating to help us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing. And one of the things I would like to say is that one year is actually a very short time. Yeah. Sometimes when you think about it, there's so much going on. But if you think that just one year, I think it's a good. I mean. A good idea. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. We are going back to our scripture in Matthew chapter 28. From verse 18. And we have been talking about the going. Hallelujah. Amen. We've been talking about it. And before we took a break, I was sharing with you how to divide up the area. Where you are, and I also wanted to say that it's very important to also meet or speak to the people or reach people in a way that they understand. Amen. Amen. And that is one of the reasons why it's so important to have all these different groups or different people in your church involved in the outreaching. At a point when um, we were in the north of Ghana. Um, Bishop Dyke had sent my husband and myself to start the Lighthouse Church in that in Tamale, actually. And after the church had grown for a while, I was sent to another side of the town. And so it was still part of Tamale, but it was another part of the town. My church was in a classroom. 
And I eventually moved them out of the classroom into a rented premises. When we moved into the rent, rented premises, we got there and we started to look at what evangelism that we would begin to do in the area. At that time, the part of the town we had gone to did not have churches. Today, if you go to Tamale, there are churches, I mean, I would say all over. But at that time, there were no churches in that side of the city. So when we got there, that was when I realized that the area was... It looked more Islamic than where we were in the classroom. But the evangelism had to go on. So as usual, we got to see map our area and then we started to go out two by two. But I have to tell you it was not easy. So after a few weeks, we realized that we were all afraid. <laughs> because of the experiences that we had had as we went out. But that was when my assistant pastor came with a beautiful idea. We had gone into a time of prayer to say, Lord, help us. This one, it is, it has overed us. <laughs> and suddenly he had a very good idea and he shared it with me I'm talking about this because I'm saying that whatever you do as you go it must match where you are you must sometimes think outside the box what he came and said to me was that this time mommy, instead of us going two by two we are going to go ten by ten and so he counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's one group. One, two, three, four. That's another group. Suddenly, as we were going out in groups of ten, we were no longer afraid. We were no longer intimidated. And you see, when you go to a house and you knock on the door, <laughs> even when you are an allergy, when you are an allergy and you open the door, <laughs> and 10 people are standing there looking at you. <laughs> If nothing at all, you will listen to what they have to say. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And that was how we overcame the, 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 the difficulty that we had. 
Every area has its speciality. And I am not saying that this is the only way to do it. No. But I'm just trying to say that as you are going, together with the going, you are looking and understanding the area where you are, and God, by His Spirit, will give you what you need to be able to meet this. Hallelujah. Amen. Many of our churches today, we need an injection of young people into the church. And the methods that you use to reach older people are different from the methods you reuse to reach the younger people. Amen. Amen. I noticed that when I've come here, you are not saying that this part, you are not saying the amen at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But it is a reality. And we need to reach them and speak to them in a language that they can understand. I need to say that many of us who became uh, believers when the charismatic revival came, we are aging now. Hey, Amen. Please ask your neighbor, Pojo. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> please, you don't have to answer, but at least you can ask the question. <laughs> and if you look in many of our churches now, you will see that the whole front row, the hair is white. And many of us that the hair is not white is because we have dyed it. <laughs> or we have removed it. <laughs> but I'm only saying this to say that we need to ensure that what is behind us is also coming. When you get back to your church, I want you to do a study of all the people working in church and have a look. You would, you may discover that all your chor your choristers are in their forties. Uh, all those who are doing something in church are older. And it is time to bring up another generation. I said it's time to bring up another generation. May we not be like African leaders. The recent uh, coup in Gabon. The family had been in power for 56 years. Hey. Hey. Earlier this year, I was in a country, I don't want to mention because I move from place to place, and it's a country that the church is underground. We cannot show that you are preaching, but 
there the power had been it has been there for 46 years and I'm saying that the church should not become like that I said the church should not become like that we need to prepare and ensure that what we have will continue and that is why Jesus' instruction for us to go is so strong. As we are going, we must go in different ways. To different people. And also to different age groups. Hallelujah. Amen. Now Jesus went on to say, Go and teach all nations. Before we can stretch that far, I said before we can stretch that far remember we were talking about the fact that we now have people that we have trained and we are going out with those people need a certain kind of teaching they need to understand something hallelujah Amen. because we cannot do this work alone so what are some of the things they need to know because Jesus asked us to teach all nations it has brought us the opportunity to have churches and your church cannot be alone your church cannot be alone there need to be some branches of your church and there's a mindset that your people need to have and so I just want to share a few points today that you must teach these people to have a certain kind of mind because the truth of the matter is that currently many churches do not have anybody that they can work with many pastors let us go to Luke chapter 14 before I start starting from verse 16 from verse 16 to verse 24 is actually a blueprint that the Lord Jesus gave us for church growth and in verse 16 it says that a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready and they all with one consent began to make excuses 
they all began to make excuses. I believe you are familiar with the story. And so after sending to go and call the expected people who did not come, the person did not close down the church which is what some of us would have done would have said that oh, nobody came to the service then we close it but he rather sent the man again and he told him to go to the lanes and the byways and he told them him to bring them in and when the man came and the man said there's still some space in the church there's still room he sent him again to the highways and the byways hallelujah Amen. and from this we understand that the Lord wants his church to be full but the reason why I referred to this story this afternoon is actually because of the servant the person he sent you see the master preparing a good supper and I'm sure the servant was even part of that preparation when it was time the bible says he sent the servant and he told him what to say and he told him what to say the man went and he came back said nobody came he sent him again he came back he sent him three times if you are a pastor in the house my first question to you is that do you have somebody you can send even once Mm. and if you are not a pastor I want to ask are you the type your pastor can send even once <laughs> many don't have somebody to send once a few may have but by the time they send them twice trouble has come <laughs> and by the time you send them a third time there's a disaster in the house so how are you going to do this work of evangelism how are you going to do this work of reaching out because this is what we are seeing in this story how are you going to grow your church if you have nobody to send the answer is in teaching teaching this afternoon I want to share with you the mindset what you should say because it's in the mind how the person the people you are going to send what kind of mind should they have what kind of mind should you teach them to have 
we have taught them a lot of things but now we need to teach them the work of the ministry the mind that they need to have so that we can work together the first thing to teach them they need to understand that God is monitoring the works of all of us Amen. Amen. If you turn your Bible to Revelation chapter 2, where the Lord was sending a message to seven churches. You will find out that different messages were sent to the different churches. But there was something in the message that was the same for every church. And when we say the church, we are talking of course of the members of the church, not the building. In Revelations chapter 2, we meet the first message being sent to the church in Ephesus. Many things were said. But in verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2, chapter 2, Revelations 2, 2, they were told, I know thy works. When we move down to chapter verse 8 of the same chapter, the message was now being sent to the church in Semena. But in verse 9, again we meet, I know thy works. Let us continue. Pegamos. The church in Pergamos. Verse 14. Sorry, verse 13. I know thy works. Verse 19. This is to the church in Thyatira. We read it again. I know thy works. The story continues in Revelation chapter 1. To the verse, in the first verse, to the church in Sardis. Sardis. I know thy works. Verse 8. To the church in Philadelphia, I know thy works. Works. The truth of the matter is that if we look at it, we have not brought up our people to know that God is looking at their works. But if everyone is to rise up and work together with you, this is an understanding that they need to have. And we can see it in the scripture. Church after church after church after church, the Lord kept saying, I know your works. 
Amen. Amen. Right now, the feeling is that, oh, Pastor Pemasem, so let me help him. I'm doing it for pastor. That's why when they are angry with you, they don't do it. Is that I won't do it again. Because they think they are doing you a favor. But when they realize that, hey, Jesus is looking at each one of us. You see that the attitude will change. Because it is no longer because pastor asked me to do it. But it is because the Lord is looking and he is monitoring what I am doing. Hallelujah. Amen. So that whether or not things are well with me, I must do that way. Even if I'm not so happy with pastor because of something, I must still do my work because it is my work. Hallelujah. Amen. The second thing that they need to understand, they need to understand that this work that they are doing, they need to do it all the way. They need to go all the way with God. What we are seeing is that many are doing half and half. Remember our discussion yesterday where we spoke about people just doing work with anything when it is convenient. But as soon as it's going to cost them a little, no, they won't do. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 24, the Bible says that for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. It is the scripture. It is the scripture. So when they realize that Hey, this thing I think I'm saving. If I don't take care, I will lose it. You see that a certain seriousness will come. The person she's trying to save her marriage, so she'll say, I will not do this. We will not do this or that for the Lord. But when she begins to see that, she will lose it. She will lose it. <laughs> you see that a certain seriousness will come. Am I talking to someone today? Hallelujah. Amen. Because we find that many of our people have now become very secular. And the feeling that I can do it myself. 
It is my spare time that I will give to the Lord. That is when they begin to lose everything. Remember last night, for those who were here, we spoke about withering. And many are withering as they are trying to protect themselves. The next thing they need to know is that they are expected to accomplish some good works on this earth. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm reading from verse 8. Verse 8, yes. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Pastor, it's time we speak the truth to our people. We have not told them, at least some of us have not told them, that they have become useless. Because if Jesus says that we have been created, we have been saved unto good works, then if we don't do the good works, there's no use. It is time to share some of the hard truths with our people. Please tell your neighbor the pampering is enough. <laughs> the pampering is enough. <laughs> we have pampered them into uselessness. <laughs> we have Pampered them so much that we cannot even speak the truth anymore from the pulpit. Hey. Hey. hey, I'm talking to somebody this morning. A time has come when we need to speak the truth. Are you in the house? In my church, if you are not doing anything for the Lord, there is no honor for you. I tell them that may buy it is not a qualification in the church. You cannot say, Oh, I've been here from the beginning. What matters is where are your works? Hey. Hey. So somebody who entered the church four years ago who has works is in the seat number row number two. And somebody who has been in the church for the past ten years, you are at the back because you have no works. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And you see, you would think that 
they will be annoyed and go. You'll be surprised. They will not be annoyed. They are there. Amen. <laughs> and I have discovered as the years have gone that slowly but surely they have also begun to join the work small. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. They need to understand that that is why we are saved. Because if we do not do the good works, then it's better we go to heaven. Everything is better there. Yeah, because there's no use for us here. Yeah, exactly. There's no use for us here. But the only reason why he has left us here is for the good works to be done. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor, I don't know what happens in your church. But in my church, and I noticed in some other churches, after church, there's a long line of people waiting to come and see the pastor. Please, can you? You realize that you are finished preaching, you have been talking from morning. Afternoon has come, you are still talking. <laughs> Even water, you have not had a chance to drink. Problems. 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 It is time for us to teach our people that the truth is that sometimes you need to start doing the work of God to overcome some of the problems that you have. What has happened is that people have held their problems and I agree with you, there are a lot of problems. But if you focus on your problem, every problem you focus on, it becomes bigger. Please, let us do a small exercise. I want you to take your hand like this. Beautiful. Then I want you to bring it closer and closer to you. Closer and closer. Closer and closer. When you reach almost on top of your eyes, have you seen that you cannot see anything again? This is what is happening to our people. You have taken your problem. They are focusing on the problem. And as they focus on the problem, it appears to be getting larger. 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 Let's go and do a little work for the Lord. Let's go and do something for the Lord. And let us come back. And they will see that suddenly the problem is becoming smaller. Hallelujah. Amen. At the beginning of the year, somebody very close to me 
actually one of my sons he received a deadly diagnosis he is outside the country so when he called us honestly our world shook and my husband my husband said to him just come home and so this he came home to do some more tests and he's actually a doctor so he also had some other uh, senior doctors who he knew and so we went to see my husband went with him he went to see one of his lecturers who is a, a good specialist in that area and honestly the message was not good we gathered together in the house we gathered together in the house. At that time, one of his younger brothers, who was, he's also a missionary, but he was in the country, we asked him, come home, there's a crisis. And we called, we called the other brother. I told you they're all missionaries outside. So we called the other one. And together, we shared our problem and we began to pray and then we sent Bishop Dag a text and said Bishop this is the message that we have received and he sent us back a message saying that the diagnosis will change and we continue to pray you know, even if you are a man of God, woman of God, you are also a person. <laughs> my first feeling was to tell my son, return to base. Return to base. Return home. No, I said that was my feeling to tell him to return home. I felt that because my feeling inside was at least if you return home I can see you and, and make sure that you are you are at least well fed when you are not well you are oh, is that not a yeah, good feeling yeah. Uh, that was exactly my thinking but something did not allow me to say it and so after checking everything collecting the medication that he was supposed to have for some months he returned back to where he is he's a lay pastor so he continued working and he continued also in the church that he had started in the country that he is and we prayed and he worked and I'll call him how are you doing? So I'm doing okay. Oh, I'm doing well. Oh, I'm fine. It's working. 
I need to tell you. The testimony is not yet complete. But eight months after the first test, he came back recently and the test was redone. The test was redone. And the doctor said, much better. Much better. We have to reduce the medication. We have to bring down the medication. Bring it down. Half what he's taking is going well. I want to tell you something. The doctor science says that that sickness it does not change. That's what this that's. But the man of God said the diagnosis will change. The man of God said the diagnosis will change. And I see that as he continues to go around, knocking on doors, talking to his church members, bringing people to church, working as a pastor, God is sorting him out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Share with your people. Yes, it is difficult in our country right now. But rise up and let us do the work of the Lord. But as we do that work for the Lord, as we do the work, our situation will be resolved. God will answer us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope that you are understanding the mindset that our people need to have. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 7 that he has this treasure in heaven vessels. Whatever we do, we are not perfect. We cannot wait for perfection. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I talking to somebody this afternoon? Don't worry, we shall soon be going for lunch. We are almost done. But I think that some of these things are important. I cannot just say it and not say the how we should do it. Hallelujah. Amen. The next thing to share with your people is that the strength of the church is not in the number of people sitting. It's the number of people it can send. Hallelujah. Amen. Those you can send to bring people or those you can send to even go and start another work. That is what shows the strength of the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I talking to some people today? You will be surprised when you send people, you think your church will collapse. It will not collapse at all. Hallelujah. 
Last year, I was doing an analysis of my church. I was looking at the church. You see, Pastor, if you allow yourself to think that when the church is full, the work is done, it will not also be good for you. It's not good for you. So I looked at the church. And I said, no, I need to create a challenge for myself. So I was asking the Lord, what should I do? Then the Lord gave me an idea. When I got the idea, I was afraid of the idea. <laughs> but I knew that it was God speaking. So the church is divided into different areas. And he led me to call that area and the pastor in charge. And the people, and I said, have you seen that corner? Look for a place. Don't come back here. Go there. That's your church over there. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I opened my door. I looked at 300 people and I asked them to exit from the church. <laughs> when I sent them, me myself, I was shaking. <laughs> but you, I need to tell you something. When you send them and they go, if you have been sleeping during your prayer time, now you'll be awake. Hey. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. First of all, the pastor who I sent, she realized that if I don't wake up and pray, all the people they will leave me and return home. So over there they have to set up. But me also, as I'm in my church. It means that as I'm coming back to the church, 300 chairs are empty. Hey, I better go and work. <laughs> I said, I better go and work <laughs> to fill it. I need to go and look for some other souls. I need to do some more prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. From today, I want to give you three things to measure your church by. Number one, the number of converts you get every Sunday. Those who give their life to Christ. Number two, the number of visitors 
that you have in the church. And, and number three, the number of people you can send out to do a work. If you start to measure your church by these three things, I tell you that a lot of soberness will enter the church. Mm. A lot of soberness will come. Many of us, we like the conventions. We like conventions. We like that one. You want to lay the hands and some oil, and you prophesy, and the people are falling down. And I mean, you are feeling very powerful. Oh, you are looking very serious. You don't like that one. We like it too. But there's a danger. There's a danger. What is the danger? The danger is that it may not be as powerful as you think. Because I've not yet seen in the scriptures how many people fell down when you were praying for them. I've not seen that one yet. Please don't go and say that I said we shouldn't do it. Please, I didn't say it. I also enjoy it. But what I'm saying is that your own measure of yourself. You see, I learned this the hard way. I was praying. I was praying. I was praying, getting ready for church. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, You are barren. You are barren. I said, Oh, but why will you say that? Why will you say that, Lord? At that time, my church was about 350 people, and the building was small. Remember, I said yesterday that building, when it's small and it's full, you feel very happy. So it was small, it was full, but I was very happy because it was full. So I was feeling very okay. So I didn't understand. Then he said something to me. When you get to church, call for the records book. That's why you must count. You must write numbers. In Bishop Dark's churches, we count everything. So we count the number who came to church. We count first timers. We count uh, those who gave their life to Christ. We count those who gave tithe. Everything we count and we write it. It's a record. It's just well, there. Young Papa Dark, I sorry dear. Bibia ebesi ewa soro honi padudu ebeba bibia kusubia ni yechocho. So I followed the instruction. When I got to my office, I said, please, let me have the... In those days, it was before the... We weren't using computers so much, so it was written. I said, let me have the book. So the date was there. And then attendance, first timers, uh, souls, uh, people giving their life to Christ. It was all there. And I started to track it. 
Week 1, January. How many people came to give their life to Christ? Zero. Follow week, another zero. The next week, one. Uh, the next one, two. Zero. Zero, zero. Tell somebody like somebody's phone number, zero. Oh. <laughs> I started to cry. I said, Holy Spirit, you are right. Holy Spirit, what you are saying, you are right. It means we have been meeting every Sunday. But we have not brought any new person to the church. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. And I began to go back and to study and to pray and to read retention evangelism from my father's book. To study. Study the Bible. This book, these books, every page has scriptures on it. Scripture, understanding, scripture, understanding. And I began to pray, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm barren, forgive me. It changed everything. everything. And from that day till today, every Sunday, Souls must come to Christ. Souls must come to Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. It has a way of humbling us. It also makes us stop wasting money. Many of the programs we are doing don't bring a soul. Let's see. Oh. Should I say or I shouldn't say? Many of the things we are doing, it doesn't bring money. It doesn't bring a soul. The next time you invite a prophet to your church, tell him that when you finish it, win souls. Otherwise, it's better you didn't come. I don't know about you, but I am very excited when I hear the genuine prophets. But the fact that you are a prophet, it does not release you from the responsibility to win souls. Read your Bible well. Lazarus and the rich man. When the rich man woke up in hell, found himself in hell, and he told Abraham to send Lazarus. Abraham told him that we are not doing that here. Then he said, oh, I need you to send him to my brothers. I have five other brothers who are living like me. That means they also come into hell. So please, let Lazarus go and preach to them. If somebody comes from heaven, they'll hear. What did Abraham say? Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. You may be a prophet, but where are your souls?
ya wadifo ni asofo ekho atumi atie won ntibre bia wo be frɛ odifo amana ba o ye ni o ye ni nyina wi a ya onfa akra onkyerese akra me de won ma urade no so ehen amen amen when you yourself are preaching where are the souls who has given his life to christ because of your preaching won kasana won so wo preachia kanyame asem no dodo osen enenam wasem pa no so e de won ho ama urade hallelujah amen when you begin to evaluate yourself and your and your church your your service by it you see that it will change a lot of things so she says self you want kasa wo tenase na wo de wani adisansema ye kan achia Hallelujah. Amen. What was the second number I said you should have? You should look at the uh, second thing. I said the first thing souls that are won. The second one is what? Come again. Visitors. visitors. Yeah. Yes. Because the visitors in the church indicate to you whether outreach is going on or not. Because usually after you have gone to an area to do outreach, that's when the people come from there to visit. And even that is usually where your 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 souls are won from. Hallelujah. Amen. And then the third thing that I get, I hope you are getting what I'm trying yeah. to say. Because when you look and you are seeing that there are no visitors, it means that the program for outreach that you have designed with your people is not being done. And then you have an opportunity to address it again after the service. Hallelujah. Amen. And then the last thing I gave you was I said, look at the people that you have to send. When you look at that number and it is low. It is a sign to you, Pastor, that you are not working hard enough. Amen. Amen. Many churches are closed at 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Hey. From 2 o'clock to the rest of the afternoon is for resting. If there's some football you watch, you say I've worked hard. <laughs> Hello. Please don't be annoyed with me. <laughs> don't close your church at 12 anymore. If you are going to get people to send, you have to train them. These are people who are working in other places. The only available time to train them is Sunday afternoon. After church, everybody will stretch their legs a little. They will find something to eat around. And they come back and they sit down. And it's now time for you to teach them what I've told you that you should teach them. Now, near many more Casemontre, Mansor, may Papa Ubenya, which you are chair one say, 
my Amen. Amen. Start with those who will agree with you and will flow. Yeah, you'll be surprised that some will be happy to join you. Tell them that it is an informal Bible school you are starting. And before they come, you have also done your work. You know what you are going to teach them. You take a book like what it means to become a shepherd. And then you begin to teach them why they need to do the work in the house. And over time, over time, you have more and more people to send. Some you will send and they will gather and bring to your church. And some you will send to also go and start a work somewhere. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Uh, yeah. We have kept so many people in church. They are now teenagers in the spirit. They are now young men and women in the spirit, and they are still drinking milk. But when you begin to train them and when you begin to send them out a certain seriousness arrives. No longer will they fall asleep when you are teaching. Because they will suddenly realize that what pastor is teaching, this is what I need to go and teach again. They will suddenly be awake and listening and searching the scriptures for themselves. Hallelujah. In closing, many of our people these days, they don't even have a proper Bible. <laughs> But you know, as you begin to teach, at least that group will begin to be serious again. And over time, that group will get larger and larger, and you have more and more of them to send. Tomorrow I'll be sharing with you from this book, a portion of this book as well. 
which talks about some more things that this group of people will need to know. But for now, I think that we need to close. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to close and I would like you to rise to your feet and let us just pray for a few minutes. This morning has been loaded and so you just want to pray. And maybe some things were, you know, passing in your mind that you wanted to be sure to remember. You want to pray right now that, Lord, let this thing stay in my spirit. Let it stay in my spirit so I can work on it. Just lift your voice up and let us pray. Just pray. Pray that no word that you have heard will fall to the ground, but there will be of use to you. Oh, lift up your voice and pray this afternoon. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice Lift up your voice and pray. Some churches, it's a whole reorganization of the church. Only prayer can help you now. Because when you have brought up small children and now we want them to work, it's going to take something. Oh, lift up your voice and pray. Pray, pray for your church, pray for your fellowship, pray for whatever you do in the church. Maybe you are a leader. Pray and say, Lord, how do I put this to use? Pray. Hallelujah. If you are a pastor here, I want you to pray a certain prayer. Asking for God's help and strength. You've heard many things. It's going to take a certain boldness to implement them. It's going to take a certain wisdom to know how to apply. And so as the rest of us are praying, as a pastor, pray for wisdom and for boldness to do what you must do. Oh, 
shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation I the Lord will hasten it hallelujah today I want you to pray this prayer as a prophetic scripture over your church that a little one that when we come to Doma and they say a small church and we go to look for that small church it will have a thousand people oh I, I, I don't see people with faith I said when we come to visit Doma and we say they say oh there's a small church here when we go and look thousand hey. tell your neighbor then I don't know what a big one will be the small one is thousand then the big one dear oh I don't, I don't know if you are able to receive it into your spirit. Receive it into your spirit. I said that a small one, a little one is a thousand. Then it goes on to say, and a small one, a great nation. Hallelujah. Amen. A church is like a nation. Because when you look inside the church, you'll find everything inside you are looking for a carpenter it's inside you are looking for a dressmaker inside you are looking for a doctor inside you are looking for anything it's inside because the scripture the word to you this afternoon is that a small one shall be a strong nation lift up your voice this and pray and pray and pray lift it up and pray hallelujah pray that you shall be a thousand pray that you will be a strong nation lift up your voice and pray pray until you can see it as a picture pray lift up your voice and pray 
Lift up your voice and pray. 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 I want you to begin to see it. See it in your eyes. See it. See it. See it. See it in your eyes. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh lift your voice and pray. 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 Rakataya mama mama. Hallelujah. I, I, I want to I want to speak some faith to somebody. I want a seed of faith to enter your stomach, enter your spirit. Faith to enter. I remember when my father was preaching on this subject. I shared with you how I split off the church. What I didn't tell you was that the rest of the instructions. As I shared that I split off 300 people, but I didn't tell you the rest. I'm talking to you because I sense that you need to release yourself in the spirit and see the church overflowing. My father shared this scripture. I began to pray the scripture. And then I divided my church into four. I said two groups meet on Saturday. And two meet on Sunday. What does it mean? It means everybody you have an empty hall, fill it. And one Sunday, Apostle, one Sunday, I told them, we are going to gather together. We are going to gather. I said, we are going to gather together. Remember, we were there and I shared it into four. Amen. And I said, after a few months, let us gather together. When I gathered them together, there was no aisle, there was no space. There was no aisle like this. There was no space here. There was no space on the stage. The only space I had was where I was preaching from. That's why I'm saying to you, read the scripture. A little one, a little one shall be a thousand. You know, in Kumasi, I'm the little one. <laughs> All the other bishops, I have uh, there are some uh, six uh, major bishops, uh, and I'm the little one. Bishop, bishop, I'm the little one, and I'm sharing with you. When I put them together, we couldn't even fit in the room anymore. Your little one, your 400, it's becoming a thousand. Your 800, it's becoming thousand six. Your 20. 
is becoming a thousand. A small one is becoming a strong nation. You will look inside your church. Ah, you will see everything there. You will see everything there. You will have become a nation. Come on, lift up your voice. Water it with prayer. Water the word with prayer. Water the word with prayer. Water the word with prayer. You have one service. But I see two services. I see four services. I see five services. Growth is coming. Growth is coming. Growth is coming. Souls are being added. Souls being added. Lift up your voice in prayer. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. It's just for a few minutes. It's just for a few minutes. But keep praying. Oh yes. Oh yes, I see it happening. 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 All souls are being won. People are being added to the church. The churches are expanding. Churches are growing. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. The churches are growing. Yes. The churches are growing. Yes. The churches are growing. Rabba Baba Bandele Masaya. Oh, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. The seed is entering your belly. Receive it. The seed is entering your belly. The seed is entering your belly. The seed is entering your belly. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. We shall be hearing of mega churches in Doma. Mega churches in Doma. Mega churches in Doma. Mega churches. More churches will be coming to see what is happening here. What is happening here? We'll be coming to see something is happening. 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 Receive it this afternoon. Receive it. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Come and do a miracle, 
and miracles today, miracle worker, miracle worker, come and do a miracle, a miracle today, come and do a miracle, a miracle today. Destiny changer. This afternoon, some destinies are changing. Come and change my destiny. Destiny today. Come and change my destiny. Destiny today. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is
we look to you. We trust you. We know that it shall be. We are grateful, Lord. We are grateful. This afternoon, anoint us afresh. A fresh anointing to take us into that level. A fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. The anointing to lead the thousand. The anointing to be part of the thousand. The anointing to lead a nation. Father, let it come upon your servants this afternoon. In the mighty name of Jesus, I give you all the praise of God. And everyone shall say, Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. God bless you. Let us receive a prayer.